Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or visit amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free and catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Lauren Interviews podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Conlin. Hope everyone's having a good week. Uh, Let's just touch upon the fact that, well, while it's fresh in my mind, the video that surfaced with the Dalai Lama kissing a young boy on the mouth and then pulling away and telling him to suck his tongue. Sorry if this shocks or, or, you know, um, surprises any of you if you didn't see the news on Monday, which was April 10th. I woke up to basically the Dalai Lama issuing an apology for doing this and my blood was just boiling. I have been speaking out about the sexualization of children towards children for a while now. You know, I mean, I, I initially I had this I had this segment on Newsmax TV um, where I was they had asked me to come on and and talk about the Balenciaga scandal with the BDSM campaign and, and children and this and that. And essentially they cut me off and um, shut me down while I was mid-sentence talking about this. So I felt very censored. Um, I put it on TikTok. The TikTok went viral, got a ton of views, and a lot of people agreed with me. So I think at this point it is time that we stop making this a partisan issue. This is not political. Basically, if you talk about um, pedophiles or, like I said, the sexualization of children, you are considered some kind of right-wing lunatic. I mean, let's be clear here. I'm an independent, but I'm a mother. I'm a journalist. I mean, I, I have eyes on this type of stuff. So I just find this so unacceptable. And I hate the fact that the Dalai Lama tweeted this apology because to me, it's like you didn't really mean it. You just saw that the um, video clip went viral and you felt the need to address it. But anyway, um, this goes into actually today's story. Um, So I interviewed an amazing woman, Christina Zorick. She was a child actress, um, and now she's a filmmaker. She's actually the daughter of Olympia Dukakis, who was, oh my gosh, Uh, Olympia passed away sadly in 2021, but she is an incredible actress. I mean, I just remember the first movie I ever saw her in was, um, whatchamacallit, Steel Magnolias. And oh, I just loved her. But anyway, um, Olivia actually, you know, she makes a few cameos in, in this documentary called The New Abolitionists that actually, uh, Christina directed and it's actually out today, April 11th. It is available to buy or rent on Apple and, um, most other streaming platforms. I'm going to put um, in the notes section where exactly you can get it. But anyway, um, Olympia also served as a producer on this for Christina. But I mean, this documentary, you guys, it's crazy. So Christina and her crew, they travel to Southeast Asia and they follow 
for Christian ministries or committed abolitionists as they attempt to rescue and rehabilitate victims of human sex trafficking. These are minors. These are adults. These are children. These are boys. These are girls. It is so sad and so disgustingly vile what happens in these countries. And you'll see Christina and I, I mean, this is one of the longest podcasts I've done. If you guys listen to my podcast on a regular basis, or if you know me, I really don't have a great, great attention span. Um, But this conversation that Christina and I had, I just, you know, I could have talked to her forever. And I was fascinated by what she said, also horrified. And it really... Gosh, she really inspired me to want to go out there and make a difference for these these victims. I mean, or, or these survivors, I should say, you know, because they are survivors. But what you'll hear, I mean, just a warning, it is it is not pretty. Christina tells some stories about something else that she's currently working on with human trafficking in the U.S., and I, you guys have to hear what she has to say. I was crying. I was shocked. I it, It's just plain awful to know that, you know, I wake up in my own little bubble, take my kids to school, you know, get a coffee, start working. And it's like, this is my reality, but other people's reality is, is a nightmare. So, um, yeah, just, just like I said, quick warning, you know, if you're, if you're not in the mood today to hear some serious shit, then, you know, come back when you are. But yeah, I would highly recommend the new abolitionist film just because, you know, you can't ignore this. You can't live in your own dream world. You have to see what's happening overseas. And then maybe you can, you know, start to realize and understand that it's happening here right under our nose. So uh, without further ado, I'll play my interview with Christina and then I will close us out. Most weight loss plans are one size fits all, not taking into account each person's individual needs. Noom is built for your psychology and your biology, meeting you where you are. Noom weight uses psychology. That's why they say losing weight starts with your brain. But it also takes into account your unique biological factors, which also affect weight loss success. The program helps you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have cravings. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available for pre-order wherever books are sold. The stress and crowds of holiday shopping can put a damper on your holiday spirit, and you don't always find all the perfect gifts you're looking for. The Virginia Lottery's games make easy and tremendously fun gifts for all the adults in your life, even you. Celebrate the season of gifting with Virginia Lottery Scratchers and online instant games. For more info, visit valottery.com slash holiday. Hello, Christina. Thank you so much for joining me on the Lauren Interviews podcast. I know. I'm so, I'm really grateful you're having me on. Thank you. Well, I mean, you do not have to be grateful. I am grateful because, I mean, number one, I am, I am completely in awe of your bravery and just your willingness to put something like this, which is such a taboo subject for a lot of people into the universe. Um, so I obviously, you know, when I watched your documentary, which will be out on April 11th, 
Um, I, I got to see it early. I'm very special. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, you know, I, I was sobbing. I, I have to say a lot of it is, um, it's pretty unbelievable that, you know, this stuff is happening in 2023 and it's happening right under our nose. Mm, I know it's shocking, isn't it? That's exactly how I felt when I found out and that my journey has been a seven year journey of what is this? How is this possible? Why mm. is it? How do we stop it? It's like once you're, the veil is off your eyes, mm. it's really hard to pretend it's not, it's not around. You right. Know? Right. And so um, for those listening, the new abolitionist, Christina, she traveled over to Southeast Asia excuse me, Southeast Asia to Cambodia and Thailand. And she followed four different groups, four different ministries that basically dedicate their, their life and their job to rescuing victims of, of sex trafficking. And so I had just some questions for you, um, just some clarification stuff, because there's a lot of this is, I guess it's not black and white, right? I mean, it's, it's not black and white, however you look at it, but is it considered trafficking if somebody is over the age of 18 or is it only considered sex trafficking if they are a minor i couldn't quite figure that out human sex trafficking initially i had the definition at the beginning of the movie i yeah. don't have it offhand but mm -hmm. i will paraphrase because there are legal there are there is a legal definition okay but any fraud any any time somebody is forced into something against their will, mm. um, then it is, I mean, the way we think about prostitution in the West has, it's interesting where we are with it, mm -hmm. but many people believe if somebody wants to do it, what's wrong with it? First of all, if somebody wants to do it, what's wrong with it? That's a whole other discussion that has nothing to do with human sex trafficking. I agree. In my opinion. I agree. It's a completely mm -hmm. different discussion. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, I, I, I have no desire to discuss it because, yeah. and I'm not, you know, but I just think that that's a bigger subject. Right. However, if somebody underage or somebody is forced, these mm -hmm. younger women, or even sometimes a little older women, are forced as in labor trafficking. Maybe it's not as stark a, a problem for people, to, a difficult problem for people to come around to understand, mm -hmm. but it happens with labor trafficking. I didn't put a lot of that in the movie. Mm -hmm. There's pieces of it in the movie, like the kids in the section where I'm interviewing them, they're yeah. labor trafficked. Are mm -hmm. they sexualized in the experience by the traffickers or by people around them? According to these anti-trafficking groups, they probably have been because yeah. they're running around in the streets begging for money for these cartels, for these local gangs. So um, it, labor trafficking is going on as well as sex trafficking in the States. It's not just happening in Southeast Asia. Uh, yes. at, the, at the Richmond Film Festival, we, we did most of the film festival circuit online because of COVID, mm -hmm. but then once it went live, what two really smart festival directors did is at the talk back of our screening, they would have local anti-trafficking groups there in the States wow. on, and they would talk. And so when people would ask questions, mm -hmm. it wasn't a discussion about Southeast Asia exclusively anymore. Right. It was a discussion about what it looks like here because it morphs this, th this criminal industry morphs to the country and the culture and the mores of where it is. 
basically yeah. there's um basically it's happening here and it's oh, yeah. huge yeah. cartels international cartels like russian china cartels mexican cartels some eastern european um and they're working with gangs in our country and it's an international um criminal industry and we I, I think a lot of what ended up happening is i met a um pbs producer craig mart martin who also is a host for a doc series called the good road okay. it's emmy nominated and he asked me to be a part of a project about trafficking in the states called knock so i spent not this recent winter but the winter yeah. before interviewing a bunch of people in the midwest in a a similar home to the home that it, that they you know that, that that are all over this country where they yeah. have rescued women and children, and um and I I interviewed some intelligence officers, ex traffic victims, and I mean I had a migraine for a week after that because I went into so much denial about what I thought it looked like here. Right, and I I mean I that that was on my list to get into because I did want to address this for everybody, because I think this, like I said, I think people are very confused about the definitions of trafficking, where it is, what it is. And now obviously in Cambodia and Thailand, you know, you highlighted this because that is where, um, it's, it's, I think you said 11 million people are trafficked per year or something like that. And that's a huge number. And that, that number, it sticks because it's women and children. Now, when you said this is happening in the States, I've recently just sort of gotten to, um, to, I guess, look into, you know, the definition of trafficking in the States, which, which I, I thought was, um, basically if you were held against your will, um, to have sex, right. Uh, I, I believed that was the definition. Then I watched your movie and they had sort of a different definition. So I was just, I was a little bit like, okay, so I personally, I don't think there's a set definition at this point of like what trafficking is well what they're trying to say in the film mm -hmm. which uh, these are people first of all these are dedicated anti-traffickers these right. people have heard story upon story of traffic victim mm -hmm. so what they're distinguishing is that if you first of all if you have an underage person who's saying they're willfully doing it but they're being pressurized by their family or mm. they have been tricked into it and now feel like the breadwinner and it's destroying them mm. uh, and they can't get out, but they want to. Yeah. What is that? What do you call that? Is yeah. that voluntary or is that involuntary? No, that I call so it, this that's is not, no, sorry. So, right. So, mm -mm. right. Yeah. So this is my point. And mm. it, it, I mean, we have to, we have to decide morally if we think children should be protected in their decision-making. And I, I do believe I am a proponent remembering how, what I was like at that age yes. and the science we have around the development of the brain, children, um, you know, first of all, anyone who is not that educated or mm -hmm. doesn't understand what's happening to them or is an in an impoverished environment mm -hmm. or has been abused or comes from a home of addiction um, where there's systemized addiction or there's a form of trauma in that culture, in that region is rife. They're considered what's what they all call, all these groups call an at-risk family, an at-risk child. Well, so yeah, I was... 
Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 no. I'm trying to clarify, basically reduce some of the information in the film Mm -hmm. in a way, because hopefully everyone who hears this will go see the new abolitionists on Amazon and no, I mean, um, the Apple TV, but it really opened my eyes. I mean, I, as a mother myself, when I heard, and and then like you said, these at-risk families, there's a lot a lot of them, unfortunately, are uneducated in the film. You know, you they talk about, one of the girls talks about, like, some of these kids don't even get birth certificates. So, I mean, if they go missing, they're not even considered a real human and no one will ever know. And that makes me absolutely, excuse my language, fucking sick to my stomach, especially when they talked about a mother who, you know, has eight children who pimps out her eldest daughter, takes pornographic photos Lauren. of her, like- Lauren, I interviewed, this is in Missouri, right outside of Kansas City, a young woman that was being trafficked out of her mother's basement in the States. In the States. Oh my God. And this, and I believe, I remember correctly, and I've been driving myself crazy remembering if, if if they lived in Missouri, I believe the family lived in Kansas. The mother trafficked her to such a point Okay, where she and I, I, tra- I, I interviewed three or four traffic victims, uh, another blind girl who had been trafficked in Missouri uh, to one other who had been trafficked in uh, San Diego. Um, so initially how I got pulled into this was meeting an anti-traffic woman who was a nurse in a hospital in California and traffic victims had been stumbling in and there was no system to help rehabilitate them. So she wanted to left left the hospital and decided mm. to start an NGO to build homes for rescued women and children to staff it. And then all these groups end up doing four things. They end up being involved in rescue, rehabilitation, yeah. prevention, and prosecution. Those are the four ways they figured out how to attack this issue. And it has to be dealt with on all those fronts. Persecution right. is where globally we are all failing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because most people are in denial that this is going on still, mm-hmm. including myself up until like the, you know, the winter where I, was, I didn't want to believe it could be happening this bad. We choose to ignore it, Christina. I think we choose to just ignore it. We know so, but we're like, eh, yeah. So mm-hmm. listen to where, what ended up happening to this poor girl in Kansas. Her, the blind her, girl? Or no, the, the, okay. the, the one that was trafficked out of her mother's basement. She ended up, her body started falling apart. Just, she started basically dying from the trauma of the repeated event. And so her mom dumped her off at a hospital. She was put into the foster care system after they, you know, built her up and strengthened her and her body was functioning again. There was abuse as we know in the foster care system. I mean, this is not brain surgery, right? Heard stories. And then she ran away from the foster care system. At that point had a car, somehow had gotten some kind of money, but ran out of gas did not have enough money to support herself, ended up in a gas station in Montana. And two men asked, just threw herself in front of them and said, help me. She ended up being trafficked out of a room on a t- on top of that uh, gas station in Montana. And there were other women there, eventually ran away from, from them, but had to dig a chip out of her arm. <gasps> oh, I'm speechless. This is why I'm saying now, you know what, listen, this is, this is the problem with everything. I also interviewed, I'm I'm kind of all over the place. No, no, go get all over the place. This is the problem with this is that this country, like in Southeast Asia, it's overt. 
it's more overt. Mm -hmm. um, there was a really wonderful documentary that came out in Eterno a few years ago, and they talk about traps, sex trafficking in the Mideast because, mm -hmm. because it's a war-torn global kind of um, hotspot. The way Southeast Asia used to be in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, now all of that, I'm not, I'm not saying there aren't other areas, but mm -hmm. that's where all the trauma and the, and the devastation and the warring is happening. Any area that's like that is rife for traffickers. They go right. and poach at-risk families, children. They pull them in. They have no options. They're bereft. I, I had a friend who was working in a Syrian refugee camp in France when those Syrian refugees were coming in, and he yeah. said there were rumors of children being trafficked out of there. So they, they're, you know, these are one of the anti-trafficking groups said something really smart to me and I thought about it. He goes, there is a criminal industry. It's up there with um, drugs mm -hmm. weapons, and, you know, trafficking. They, they debate, is it number one? Who's yeah. number three? Usually the people who, you know, traffic drugs and weapons are involved in human mm -hmm. sex trafficking. Yeah. Not all the time, but most of the time it's all, it's the same yeah. kind of, criminal mm -hmm. group industry but so um what there's so there's organized trafficking and then there's freelance trafficking so this thing with the girl in the basement is freelance it's somebody just had had that idea to do that to their child can i ask you is there any chance and i mean is her is her mom in jail is there anything like what's going on with that i mean i'm just very well that interview that interview and this is the other part of it mm -hmm. that interview her face was blurred we had to put her yeah. i mean that's one of the hard problems people have watching the film and i understand it yeah um if i was hbo you yeah. know docs no i get it i would I have used it. that with, with welcome to chechnya they created these this this really wonderful technology where they switched out uh, faces, yeah. which really was incredible because they hot, wow. hid the identity. I don't know if you've seen that film. It's a wonderful document. Wow, no, I haven't. Wow. But anyway, they figured out a way to protect identity because when you're dealing with a criminal industry, you really, you have to protect identity because they're in danger with their ex-traffickers. They're in danger mm -hmm. sometimes with their family members. They're in danger with Johns that, you know, they interacted with. So sure. they're not, when they get out of that life, it's not like they're like you and I, yeah. walking around feeling safe of course they're still course. they're still constantly watching their flanks mm -hmm. and you've got to be a part of that with them if you if you want if you want to honor the, the bravery it takes for them to share right. their story right right of course so she was she I, I asked her at one point afterwards I said where is this gas station she goes I wouldn't even expect that it would still be there I would have expected that they moved to protect themselves because she escaped I don't know. Okay. But, but, so yeah. basically what I'm saying, Lauren, is we, listen, I had, when we did the theatrical release, I had mm -hmm. a friend of the family's afterwards calling me. She's, she represents um, the disabled community. And so she okay. this is a problem for their community. And you notice in the film, mm -hmm. I focus on how yeah. disabled children are more um, at risk mm -hmm. than, so she was like, you got to tell me statistics. You got to, I said, finally to her, I can't do that for you. Yeah. And I even because because this is a criminal industry, you can there what you can do is you can talk to experts who know a lot and you can get a sense of it. But there mm -hmm. isn't anyone who says they can absolutely 100 percent give you a number 
is lying to you because right. there's no way to track something that we have no handle on. Mm-hmm. Most of the people are in denial of. Some people are engaged with and hiding it. Other people know about it and don't know what to do about it. Yeah. And that's no, the landscape right. in the U.S. That's well, the landscape in the U.S. So it's interesting you bring that up because I follow um, I follow everything, you know, related to Jeffrey Epstein uh, and Ghislaine Maxwell. And I saw, you know, last week, um, Jess Staley, who is the, the former CEO of Barclays and the private banking chief at JP Morgan was finally deposed. I don't know if you remember, but it was over those text messages that was, were sent between them about the, um, the Disney princesses. Oh, that was fun. Say hi to Snow White for me, all of that stuff. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, cool, he's deposed, but guess what? Nothing's going to happen. Same with the other men that were just deposed. The, the CEO of Google, um, or the founder of Google, there's a bunch of men that are sure they're going to get deposed. Maybe we can publicly shame them a little bit, but this corruption of the trafficking and even the pedophilia rings. And, and again, my, I get a lot of but shit see, for saying this, it goes to the top, you know, but, but no, this continue. is, Sorry. this is the problem is mm-hmm. that, and this is really important, Lauren. And yeah. I don't, and I'm not saying I'm an expert at it, right? Sure. Because our, our emotions get involved and we get mm-hmm. upset, but we have to make sure that when we're investigating this, we're dealing mm-hmm. with our experience and what we found out. Because if we, if we just say this group over here is this, mm-hmm. like, I think it really hurts the cause that some people are like, this group over here is this, this, you know, pedophiles, whatever. Right. It, sure. It, it, because it's, it's happening in red states. It's happening in blue states. It's happening mm. to poor kids. It's happening to you know, uh, right. people who are uh, have been tricked into it, but come mm. from a. I mean, it's less likely, by the way, to happen if the if the family's educated or communicating yeah. and healthy with the child. It's yeah. more likely to happen in a a much more toxic family environment, or where there are no options, or yeah. where you know they're in a region where there's war or trauma, like the Khmer mm. Rouge or something where people don't have the same options. Right? right. So what you're saying though, basically is like, you know, unless you know, for a fact, let's say, unless you witness this type of thing with your own eyes or were told by somebody you're under the mindset that maybe, maybe we this shouldn't is, touch is, that stuff. Right. Okay. Like, I'll give you an example. Yeah, okay. I'll give you, no, 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 no. That's, that's not okay. what I'm saying, Lauren. That's okay, not okay. what I'm saying. Okay. I'm saying that there I've heard for instance, and I'm trying not to get political about this, it's okay. but, I, but I've heard for instance, the liberals being called pedophiles. Okay. Right. Right. Okay. So many of my friends, family who are liberals are outraged about this cause and upset and right. disturbed and have contributed to it. And I think that we just have to, we have to stop name calling because it actually is a smoke screen that distracts from what's actually happening. I agree. I it's totally not, agree. It's, yeah. That's why I'm saying, I, I, and mm-hmm. the, the problem is because it's still hidden and there's yeah. still so much denial. Like I'll give you two examples. I interviewed this woman who worked with an attorney general yeah. um, and there was a case where um, basically uh, the, some a, a victim ended up in the hospital. They found some names and numbers on her phone connected to some authority figures, and then the phone went missing. Oh gosh, I mean that's see, this is bullshit. Do you see what me. I'm it's trying bu- to say? Yes, it's bullshit. So, and then, and then, and then I, t- I interviewed 
a, a state trooper this and upsets me this upsets and me. he and he basically has started an organization educating other state troopers because he did not understand how to identify mm. human sex trafficking on the, the roadways in our country. And wow. this is a, I mean, I think, I don't know how long he's had his organization where he goes around and educates the cops about how to identify traffickers yeah. or, um, because, you know, a lot of it happens in transit. Yeah. So that's absolutely. So I think that there's just, there's so many angles to this. I mean, so with this, I was pulled onto that, at those interviews I did this winter was for a, at that point, it was going to be a doc series. Now it's going to be a doc mm -hmm. feature called Knock. So okay. watch out for that, everybody. Okay. I'm, because, yeah. Wow. I can't yeah, wait. Yeah, because it's all one of the guys that they pulled into the series, the shut the film, mm -hmm. does res what he calls restorative justice work, and he works okay. with Johns and ex gang members. Wow. Trying to pull them out and getting them to pull out other. How is that? Is that? I I don't know. I think it's important well, work. I yeah. do because. It, it, it's basically oh. the deeper way of handling this. Right, like right. It, because for instance, when I went out, the first time I went to shoot in 2015, yeah, I I, I saw a lot of, um, uh, what do they call, not thinking of the right word for it, but let's say John's John, coming yeah. from all over the country, sure. I mean, all over the world on the plane. And you can just tell. And I remember being freaked out because I, I was shocked that I was seeing them in the plane. Yeah. And it, it wasn't until like that first trip, I got really angry at them. I was mm -hmm. furious at quote unquote, the men, right. Sure. Yeah. Or yeah. the people involved. And yeah. it was really hard to shake. Mm -hmm. Then the second trip in 2016, when we actually really shot the, 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 the substance, substantive, substantive amount of the film. Yeah. Right. I had a, a bunch of conversations with these anti-trafficking groups and they kind of opened my heart to realizing that there's a lot of restorative work that they do with these gang members and also with the Johns. And it's a, it's a whole nother deeper way of looking at it. And it's hard because I'm not ready for that. I'm I sorry. Know. You, you're there, but I am not ready no, for I'm that. Not, like, no, I'm not. I'm not, not there. Okay. <laughs> I'm saying, yeah, I'm yeah, saying yeah. that yeah. that's like, you want to talk about loving the unlovable and and trying to find a way because I mean, one guy works at Tamar center was saying, Christina, the level of brokenness in these men mm. is so like it, I, it, it's not something we kind of, that's the other part that's hard is we yeah. put our framework onto mm -hmm. this. Do you right. know what I'm saying? Absolutely. We put our mindset onto it. Yeah. So anyway, it's a, it's a complicated issue. It, it needs, you know, I said in an interview recently, the first year of me researching this, I was such yeah. an emotional wreck. Yeah. I was, I was, I mean, I could start crying on a dime. I was just going to say, I know. Yeah, I no, know. I could start sobbing with you. I mean, mm -hmm. it's so disturbing and upsetting and enraging, all of it, right? Yeah. But, but I, but my, this part of me that wanted it to not be there was yeah. more important to me mm -hmm. then that part of me that either wanted to walk away because it's overwhelming not try to understand it because it disgusts me because it's horrendous because it's yeah. evil so yeah. it's it's 
I just really think if we want this, there to be a tipping point where we start making some progress with prosecutions. Yeah, right, right. With apprehending this industry or stopping it and not just dealing with, you know, helping the victims, reintegrating the victims, if yeah. or, you know, the prevention and prosecution aspect of this work that they do is really important. I agree, but something I loved in your film um, that was a huge focus is the fact that these groups, not only do they, and, and you talked about this, not only do they rescue them, they they restore their value as a human being, which yeah. I could start crying thinking about yeah. this because there's a part where this girl in the movie just, you know, she realizes and she says like a verse in the Bible and she's like, God says that, you know, our value is more than diamonds, right? All of our values. So, yeah. um, women, we have so, listen, there's a baseline. <laughs> Sorry. I'm like, what? no, but listen, there's a baseline. Yeah. Of, you know, I hate to say it. I'm, I'm a devout Christian. I'm a Democrat, mm -hmm. but I'm like, I'm a, I'm a, you know, people think, <laughs> they don't understand me, but no, but, I, I'm, but because I'm, a I'm because, as well, I'm an independent though, but I'm a Christian. Yeah, but my point is, is that I think that we have yeah. to just acknowledge that as women, we've experienced such a baseline of misogyny. Yes. So we, we understand when these women and victims start talking about them. So we, we know the language, we know the comments, we, we've been manipulated and hurt. We've had experiences or our friends have or family. Yes. So it's, it's, it's like, it's like that we're dealing with the tip of the iceberg of yes. kind of a baseline, almost normalized version of it. These yes. women and these children and these family deal with such a higher level of it. And, and yeah. think about, this is what moved me, them getting out of that pit of yes. betrayal and hurt and by trauma. their own family half the time, their and own then, family. And then like, guess what? A lot of them have a heart to go back and try to restore those relationships. I, and I saw that. But and I mean, it's so, I've not been more, I mean, what, what story is more inspiring yeah. for a woman? I know, I than know. that, because and right, you're going back true. to those and people who have harmed you yeah. and, and exploited your innocence or exploited your- And you're forgiving them because that is, and that was a huge part of what, you know, you, they kind of said in order to heal, you have to let it go. And that goes for everything in life, I think. But I think what you said But they also about... have to go through, they do have to do this. And I know this from my own therapy. Yeah. You, you do have to forgive, but there needs to be that time period of healing, of yeah. good therapy, where you go through all those feelings to be able to exhume them. I yeah. also think it's really important in their restorative season that they're in that, that that they have every right to that they have that time to have all those feelings those on those unreasonable feelings to exhume them oh of well, course right. you are entitled are you kidding yes. me you yeah. are entitled yeah. to murder everybody in your head please do whatever you want to them I mean I just think <laughs> like what you know what you said as like as a woman I think that we've all I don't, without, you know, being weird, we've all had experiences, right? Whether it's sexual, whether it's whatever, where we feel shame, where we feel maybe used. And I'm not just, it doesn't have to be sexual, but it can be, but we've all had these feelings. Um, and we've all been put, I, personally, I live in New York city. You know, I'm in a certain business, a certain industry. 
And you know, oh my we, gosh, the entertainment industry. I mean, if uh-huh. you don't understand being sexualized in a way that makes you feel like yep. what your heart needs, yeah, to enjoy and love what you do can be stolen like that, right? Yeah. And and also just just the you know when you're starting out in this business, I mean, I have friends, you know, that were part of like the Fox News shit that I just I mean, as a young woman wanting to, let's say, be on air or wanting to be an actress or whatever, I mean, it can turn you off. There's certain instances where where these men take advantage and obviously it's different, but it's kind of like as a woman that comes from, let's say, a good family, a good background, I know right from wrong, but you've got, you know what I mean? You, but you, these things cross your mind where you're like, well, if I don't do it, the next girl's going to do it. And then I'm going to be nothing. I mean, now I'm 38 years old. I, I know but at 25 and and I I think, and I think Lauren, that's where this guy, Jason Pope with working with men, that's where my heart opens up. And I go, Mm. it isn't just women. And I, I actually think at this point in our evolution as a species, we have really what it is, is lack of love. You know, I mean, there was a great quote by Trevor Noah about how men seek sex for intimacy. Right. Right. And I think that that's so interesting is that where are we right now as men and women with men and women that what's Mm. the new level of healing where we, we, we don't dehumanize each other in that way. And we honor our heart and our other needs outside of, you know, mercantile or, or, or whatever. I, I think that that's the, I think that the healing that needs to happen in a more philosophical, larger sense, mm-hmm. it, it it is there. Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Because no, it can't absolutely. just be women saying no and no yeah. more, which is happening You're, right no, now. No, but you are right. But, you are so right. Like we can say no, but also men be better. <laughs> I mean, just to put it right. simply, like but, really but be how better. do we, but how do we love our fathers and our brothers and our uncles and our you know, uh, mm. the boyfriends in a way where like, I know this sounds crazy and this is, this is a complete rabbit hole. So I'm not going to go too far down. You are talking to the right woman. Okay. If you're talking but, rabbit hole, I'm all ears. but I mean, I used to do online dating and mm. I would say over and over, they would ask me, why are you on this? And I was like, oh my God, it's a dating app. I'm yeah. Like, what dating. do you think? Yeah, but they go, well, some people just want to hook up. I'm like, okay, all right. And went on and on and on and on. Yeah. And I just, I've noticed in the last, maybe I'm crazy and I'm wrong about this, but I've noticed <laughs> recently men aren't doing that anymore. Oh. And I do, to oh. me anymore, they're not doing it the way they were. There's something changing and I maybe I'm being a, a cockeyed optimist, <laughs> but I do feel like there's a conversation happening. Men don't want to be isolated. Women don't want to be treated in a way, you know, we've been treated for centuries and we're trying to find our way back to ourselves in a way that feels loving and not um, blame and shaming. And you know what I'm saying? Because I a hundred percent know what you're saying. A hundred percent. Because making the other person, the other Mm -hmm. and judging them, I don't think it's going to solve the problem. It feels good. But it's, I don't yeah. know, because in the moment you're like, oh, yeah, no, but uh, it doesn't, I don't know if it solves it. Do you see what I mean, I'm trying to say? No, I, I get it. And it's just funny because so, I, I have a, a very bad habit of, I'm a hothead a little bit. And I, um, 
And I think, you know, my husband, for example, he loves it about me. He hates it about me, you know, and we get in arguments because I feel like I, we were coming out of a bar the other night and I saw this grown ass man look like he could be, you know, a father at my kid, one of my kids' preschools. He sees a group of girls who have a Hotchkiss sweatshirt on and he immediately starts talking to them, looking them up and down. He's outside a bar smoking a cigarette. They're 15 years old. I can't help myself, you know? And I'm like, you fucking pig. I was like, get away from them. Stop talking to them. And he starts yelling at me and my husband's like walking away. And I'm like in this guy's face, these girls, I'm like, girls run. This guy's disgusting. And my husband finally comes back and he's like, what is the point of that? And I was like, the point is this guy needs to be shamed because that's gross. And I saw it and these girls don't know any better. And to me, I was doing the right thing in the moment. But then I was like, what, why did I do that? I don't understand why I did, you know? Let's put it this way. This has been going on for centuries. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, 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 I mean, even the sexualization of children. I mean, when I first talked, interviewed my mom, she was like, they did it in Greek culture. The men did it with the boys in, in, yeah. as a part of the military. I mean, I was like, oh, please let's not talk about I know, that. I know that makes so, me, that makes but me. But she sickest. said, you yeah. know, this is something that has existed. It's, you know, probably the lowest level of our being mm. it's the you know kind of the basement of the human psyche did you happen so sorry to interrupt you did you happen to watch the jared from subway documentary or no i did not no okay. all right just it, let me tell you something though mm -hmm. it, this is i have a aversion to uh, even though i do think it's important that yeah. everybody figure out the jeffrey epstein situation and every mm -hmm. watch the victoria's secret doc the reason I have a problem with it is not because it's not valid and important that it be understood and names and, and gone to the bottom of, but mm -hmm. because I know that so much of this is happening in, in, Currently. you know, underprivileged communities, um, the, the people I've met through the film and shooting now with knock with researching in the States, these women who, you know, Absolutely. had nothing, they weren't involved in some cabal of like you know uh, this group of people and on an island they're just dealing with it in 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 middle america towns yeah and so no, uh, that's I, where i agree i told so that's that, you where that i'm like mm -hmm. you, you see what i'm trying to say to you it's and so what what, what i was trying to yes. get at before and i yes. i think i went i got off the subject but mm -hmm. this one anti-trafficking group tamar center daniel said to me he goes there are those involved in the criminal industry and then they're freelancers. So I think that the fact that that exists right there, I even yeah. watched, which was interesting and smart. I watched this documentary um, uh, by uh, about Galveston uh, called True Crime. They have a true crime series. Okay. Ron Howard and Brian oh. Grazer have a true crime series about different, uh, I, I, I don't know how, like yeah. to articulate it, uh, <laughs> crime uh, uh, locations or okay. unsolved kind it's a, of it's criminal. A show? Yeah, it's on. Okay. I think it was on Netflix. Maybe it was on Amazon. It's one okay. of the streaming shows. But it was talking about this route on Galveston in mm. Texas and how and they went into which was smart. Not you know not extensively, but they gave it kind of a context of that area why yeah. that influenced it because there were. Um, a lot of men that came in from other states to work, I can't believe some industry. So, mm. which left yeah. them kind of outside of their element, whatever. But 
it what was happening is there were a few, there were a few cases throughout like decades i think it started in the 70s of girls going missing and yeah. they eventually found the bodies and these parents and basically wow. you know whole lives were turned upside down trying to get to the bottom of what happened of to their course. daughters and and it was these freelance people who were found a way on this one highway or a few highways found out systems of one of them they actually captured on a gas station camera Mm. of them um somehow i I can't remember the details of it but they would stop at a gas station and they would either punch their tire out or do something and then they would be the, the girl would be pulled over to the side of the road and they'd come up to try to so stuff like that like, wow. Stores. That's some and Ted is, Bundy shit. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. Wow. So I'm just saying, listen, <laughs> wow. and this was no, going really, on. Though. It started in like the seventies or watch that series. Wow. It was really fascinating okay. to me because okay. I think it's important that people understand that this has been around for a while. Now, the reason it's getting more kind of a, 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 more alarms are going off with different people is because mm-hmm. it's happening on a criminal like cartel level with yes. all the big international cartels like and the Russian it's... and Chinese and Mexican and all that. So now it's like almost big business, but right. this kind of low grade version of it where it, yeah. you know, has been going on for a long time. And I, <laughs> I want to point out though, something you said where you said, I am a devout Christian, but I'm also a Democrat. I think this is where people start to get confused because they are sitting here saying, no, it's the right that's saying we have open borders that are letting in the cartels and, and that are doing this. And you're sitting here as a common sense person in general, not as someone, you know, on the right or on the left, you're just a freaking common sense person. And you're like, well, this is happening and this is what it is. And this is not political. This is factual. And I think people- That's what I'm trying to say to yeah, you is that- there, and, to, and, and I yeah. I wish, let's, let me, let me say this. Mm-hmm. I wish it was as simple as blaming something that simple. Yeah. I wish that would be blue sky fantasy yeah. scenario. But to me, that's not being accountable and a responsible grown up. Because then you just go, we're going to yeah. do this and it's, but it's not, it's not yeah. solving it. It's not. And and not only that, frankly, I would have to, I thought about when everything was going on at the border, I was like, we have to go. I told my editor, I'm like, we'll go down to the border next. And oh, that's a whole nother, I would spend well, my I, life. No, I mean, it. you can't, I would but, not do that. Yeah. I, I'd be very but, scary, but, but what, but yeah. what I, but what the one person I did meet who came out of Mexico was running from the cartels. Exactly. Her family, her business yes. had been destroyed and she came across the border. So I tend to believe they're running from them more mm-hmm. than I believe that they're, but I would, but again, because this is yeah. such a salacious issue and is being weaponized against other people and yeah. your problem isn't actually being dealt with or solved thoroughly yeah. mm-hmm. or even understood or even confronted thoroughly So because that's happening, I mean, Hillary Clinton talked about this in the 2016, um, what was the the thing they do right before the election? I remember because my ex-boyfriend wanted to watch it. Um, I mean, you know, the, they have a the, when the parties right before the election have a big conference or oh, what is yeah, it? like just the, the, the 
convention, the Democratic yeah, National like Convention. Yeah, like she was yeah. talking about it way back then. So I'm just saying, like, you had a victim come out on the stage, someone told me, and talked about being trafficked. So people yeah. know it's happening. It's just, it feels like we're literally in this kind of landscape with smoke and mirrors. And yeah. everybody's like, it's over there. It's over there. <laughs> it's over there. But that's why I'm saying we it's have everywhere. to get past this part of us that is so disturbed that it's like, I can't. Yeah. And just slowly, in a reasonable way, get as educated as possible. And as my mom says at the end of the movie, mm. learn about this, come to the table, and then you can solve the problems. But and it's I definitely- loved, I loved that. I love yeah. that. And you are, you are help. You don't, I mean, I guess that's why I said you're so inspirational here because- I, I do want to do more with this because I am, I feel so passionately about it. And it, and again, as like a mother and just everything, it's just like, it's, and you know, like your mom said at the beginning of the movie also, she's like, be careful. So that's also something that's always kind of looming over my head. Like, you got Oh, please careful. tell me. Yeah. Oh, trust me. I, 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 every day where I'm like going to do an interview, I'm like, what should I talk about? I, I know. Say? No, I know. It's but, like but, so but then on the other point, a friend of mine said, Christina, you're this, you know, this one little girl in California in your apartment. I don't think you're going to have a problem. You know what I mean? So I just, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. But my, it, my big thing is I just, I don't like being bullied. I don't like right. being pushed into a corner where we have an issue and they're mm -hmm. so scary. We'll just turn a blind eye and pretend it's not happening. I don't yeah. like that. I get that it. Doesn't, no, that I'm doesn't feel, that doesn't feel like I'm being a grown up at this time in my life on this planet. I mean, and I, I'm with right, you. Right, right. So we you. have and to, we have to grow up. We have to just get some yes. kahungas yes. and figure out how to solve this problem. Not just point fingers because the pointing fingers actually is, is a distraction. Yeah. And, and living in New York city, just to really quickly go back to the Jared from subway documentary and what he was involved in. I was just in shock when he, I mean, I was in shock about the whole thing. Don't I'll get me wrong. I'll watch it. What's the name of the documentary? It's called uh, uh, Catching a Monster, Jared from Subway. It's on Hulu right now. It's a Discovery Plus okay. documentary. Just just be advised. You're going to be very disturbed. But um, because this is stuff that, and it's a bigger story, but I was very upset with the FBI handling. So after I watched that, I interviewed a retired FBI agent. He put my mind at ease where if I ever had an issue where I wanted to be an informant or I had information because after watching that, I was like, hell no, I am keeping that shit to myself. But anyway, what I was so just disappointed with is when he would come to New York city and stay at places like the Waldorf or um, the Plaza, he would have these connections um, to these high class, very high class escort services where he would say like, I want a 14, 15, 16 year olds. Um, and you know, they would just be sent over no problem. A 14 year old, whatever, 16 year old, fine. Just marching through the plaza, the Waldorf and no one, no one says anything. I mean, I get it. They were makeup sure, but I'm just like, it, if I'm an employee there, I would go berserk. I would literally go berserk. You just, and, and so it's just a lot of this was eye opening to me where again, I said it, but it goes to the top and it's just hard to um to navigate a lot of this thing but, is lauren it's organized yeah. and it's not yeah right that's right. where that's where that's the part of it that i think our brain has to catch a hold of i mean look yeah. if you're a person of yeah. faith 
we're not really fighting people anyway, right? We're fighting the devil. That's what right. I think. I mean, I yeah. hate to be reductive. I know some people are going to be turned off by saying this, but say it. I, I don't, don't care. care. I say it all the, the time. The point yeah, of the matter is, but that allows you, but that allows us to realize it, it can take different forms, mm. right? Yes. So listen, every single business, every corporation, every family unit, every mm. school. I mean, there's a guy, Russ Tuttle, go to my website, www. Abolitionist.com oh, <laughs> and there's yeah. on the what can you do page it's all the people i've met on my journey the groups and organizations like russ tuttle who runs stop trafficking project i believe and he goes mm. to schools and educates high schoolers because a lot of times kids are poached online and the last yes. interview i did they were t- the woman was interviewing me and was t- wanted me to talk about this recent case with facebook and i said listen every internet entity, Mm. every corporation, every organization has to be aware of how they can be corrupted and they have to take responsibility. You and I have to take responsibility on an individual level, don't we? We all do for our lives, for our actions, for the things we do well and not. It's the same for entities that, that are organized, you know, that are in the marketplace. And I I think to, to, again, I think marketing, I'm sorry, um, marking or pointing at one group is actually, it's important when you're, when you want to get to the bottom of something, but I think it becomes a distraction about the fact that there is a larger criminal industry that yes. is thriving. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and it's, just, yeah, yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna hide, like there's the Polaris project. They talk about, they, they poach information from all the call-ins from the anti-trafficking hotline mm. and they pull together information yeah, and they give an, a kind of landscape of what it looks like in the U.S. and right. the businesses that end up being fronts for labor trafficking. Labor trafficking is, is a problem as well in the States. It's right. horrible. I mean, I mean, this we, oh my gosh, I feel like we should go um, get a drink or have coffee, but just, <laughs> just to tie this up because I do want to promote your movie and promote you. So the new abolitionists, it'll be available on demand. Um, I believe there's a, gosh, you can get it on Amazon, iTunes. I saw a whole list. So I will put that in the notes of this podcast. Um, April 11th, it's out. And then how can people follow you if they want to follow you on social media? I would love it if they go to our, we have, I always forget my, 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 <laughs> my resident techie used to do this. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, the okay. new abolitionists. I think the only, the, the full title, the new abolitionists on IG and Facebook. There's also, you can follow us, obviously. Twitter mm-hmm. is N abolitionists singular. Okay. We'd also really appreciate a review on Amazon or IMDB <laughs> um, when you see the film, hopefully. And, you know, my, my, I'm going to get emotional. I know. My heart is that people don't let the enormity or the whatever fill in the blank of this problem to stop their, their ability to, even if it's slow, Mm. just educate themselves and find, like, it took me a year of, you know, throwing books across the room, screaming and yelling, calling my girlfriends to figure out what my part in in it was, right? But I found my part. I found where I was going to, what I was going to do in the way Mm. that I could, you know? So so I didn't feel like I was walking away. You know, there's some things you can't walk away from once you know they're there. You just can't. 
You know you what? That's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid of this because yeah. But anyway, um, Christina, thank you so much <laughs> for joining me. I mean, this was so lovely. Um, I, I hope everybody takes the time to see this beautiful work that you, that you've done really. Thank you so much. All right. Bye. <laughs> nice meeting you. <laughs> okay, guys. So that was Christina Zorich. Um, we kind of ended it abruptly. I had realized that we were going like an hour over and I was like, oh my goodness. Um, But no, it, oh my gosh, she's just such a fantastic woman. And, you know, I'm going to follow everything she does just because I am so inspired. So don't forget to rent or buy The New Abolitionist today. I'm telling you, this film will really change your life. All right, guys, thanks for listening to Lauren Interviews. If you like this podcast, don't forget to rate and subscribe. Please rate me on Spotify. I have horrible ratings on Spotify. I need to get those up. So um, anyway, thanks for listening. Until next time. Trying to grab all the groceries in one trip? Oof, not how you would have done that. You know sometimes less is more. Like when you drive less and save with the USAA annual mileage discount. USAA. Get a quote today.